Okay, so here's, here's where we're at with our teaching just now. We, we started off the year with seven weeks where we were looking at a number of different issues that, that face folks that the Bible gives us some help with. Things like uh, anxiety, things like dealing with trauma, um, how, to, how to avoid burnout. We took seven weeks to look at those topics uh, and they were tremendously well appreciated. And then coming off of that, or really as we were going through that, I became more and more aware, so many folks in our church family said that that series had helped them, that I started to think this, if that's us who were here and the, the majority of us really know the Lord, how must life be for people who don't know Jesus yet? Like, how, how desperate must it be for some of them? And that kind of really just stirred me up and, and, and just reminded me, you know, we need more than ever to, to really focus on being able to share the good news with people who don't know Jesus yet. So I started last week a kind of two-part message called, Let's Do This. Let's make sure this year we are doing what God wants us to do, called us to do, and intends the church to be doing. Yes, last Sunday I, I did share the fact, and um, I'm sorry that it traumatized some of you, uh, but I, I, I shared the fact that towards the end of last year I came to feel that the time had come for me to step back um, from pastoring the church and to take a lesser role and uh, that would be a good thing. And then, you know, you won't hear me use this phrase very often because I think it's overused and abused. But I'll use it now. But then God spoke to me. God spoke to me and very clearly gave me a kick in the rear end <laughs> and said, get on with it. So what I'm doing to last week and this week is I'm coming back to you and I'm passing it on. And my goal is to give you a kick in the rear end and say, let's get on with it. Amen. It's like, let, let's, let's, if we're gonna do this, let's do it. Let's be the church God wants us to be and let's look for the results that we, are, we really want to do and our intention, our purpose, our mission is we exist to seek and to save those that were lost. So you know what? If I'm keeping on doing this, I'm not going to tread water. I'm not biding my time. I'm not going to go through the motions. What I really want to do is I want to be the person who motivates, encourages, inspires, reminds you, here's what our purpose is. Let's do this. Amen. Let's do this. Let's give it everything that we have got. I, I remember a few years ago, I was out with our Saturday afternoon mobile soup kitchen. And that particular Saturday, the, we had a hurricane forecast. And that Saturday afternoon was, um, you know, the winds were picking up, it was pretty wild, the, there was rain that was starting, and it wasn't great. And we went to one of the stops, there was a rooming house there on Bay Avenue, and we went, we went there to Bay House. And when we went to Bay House, a guy came out of the house and uh, the guys were coming out to get a hot dinner from us. And this guy came out of the house, and I'm quoting Charlotte. <laughs> he said, what the hell are you doing here? And I said, 
My guess is you still need a good meal today, whatever the weather's like. So that's why we're here today, because we're here to serve you. And he said, do me a favor. Give those out as quick as you can and get the same word out of here. But you know, you know what that afternoon did with, with some of those guys there at Bay House? It helped them to realize they really do matter. And we really do care. And people need to know that they matter. People need to know that we care. They need to know that they matter to God. And that God cares. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 9 and verse 36, it says this about Jesus. It says, when he looked out over the crowd, his heart broke. So confused and aimless they were, like sheep with no shepherd. What a huge harvest, he said to his disciples. How few workers on your knees and pray for harvest hands. Jesus looked out over the crowd and his heart broke. And here's how it describes the crowd. It says they were confused and aimless. They, uh, the, you know, Matthew's gospel was written in the Greek language and they the Greek expression that is translated into confused in English actually is, is, is a word that describes the dead body of somebody who has been beaten to death. Jesus looked at the crowd and to him, they look like people who are so beat up they got beaten to death. Confused. The word aimless is from a Greek word that actually really at its root means laying flat on their face on the floor. So Jesus looked at the crowds and to him it was like they'd just been so beat up, they were dead, they were flat on their faces on the floor. And as Jesus saw that, the Bible says his heart broke. Because it says they were like sheep with no shepherd. They needed a shepherd. We all need a shepherd. We all need to be able to start a day reminding ourselves of the words of Psalm 23 and verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Char, can you check the screen? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Jesus' heart broke when he saw the state of the crowd. And we need to remind ourselves that for so many of us who know the Lord, that is a wonderful and a miraculous thing. But there are so many people outside of these doors who are beat up and broken with their faces to the floor who need to be able to say, the Lord is my shepherd. One of the most uh, effective missions organizations of the, certainly the last part of the last century, and they still are going today, was called World Vision. And Bob Pierce, who was the man who founded and started World Vision, Bob Pierce once said this. He said, let my heart be broken 
with the things that break the heart of God. Jesus' heart was broken when he saw the crowd. When, it, when I started pastoring, um, one of the things I was passionate about, and one of the things, the thing that I saw basically as my main role as a pastor, was my main role as a pastor was, was, was to do everything I could to lead people to faith in Jesus Christ. And you know, through all of those years of ministry, I, I can say with absolute, absolute total um, honesty and conviction, all of my life I've wanted to lead people to Jesus. That's what I want. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I want to see happening here this Sunday morning. If there's or those in this room, those watching us online who don't really know Jesus yet, what I really want to happen today above everything else is I want you to come into a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If there are those of you who knew the Lord, but you become distant because you've strayed, I want today to be the day you come back into a fully following the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. That's what we're about. And, and my desire is to fuel the passion of a movement that is focused on bringing in a harvest of confused, aimless people who are isolated and wandering. But here's the thing. If nothing changes, nothing changes. That was good, right? That was worth getting up early for this morning, right? You get that and a cupcake. That's not bad for a Sunday. <laughs> but, if that, but, but here's the thing. If, 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 if we want to see the fullness of what God wants to do, some things might want to change. Some things might need to change. So here's the second half of what I started sharing last week. I want to talk about three things this Sunday morning, okay? For those of you who are new to us, that's just the introduction. Yes, I do go on for a long time. All right? So, no, I won't. All right? So, so there are three things I want to... I want to throw out to you, uh, and you do what you will with, with, with each of these. Three things I want to encourage you in as we go forward, okay? Because that was the deal. We're going to move forward together and make things happen with the help of God, right? Okay? So three things I want you to consider. One, I'm going to invite you to commit like never before. Secondly, some of you draw a deep breath now, but bear with me. I'm going to invite you to give like never before. And thirdly, I'm going to ask you to invite like never before. So let's, let's do this. Let's, let's do this. Let's move forward positively, aggressively, and let's see where we can do. So number one is commit like never before. In the sixth chapter of John's gospel and the second verse, it says this, a huge crowd followed Jesus, attracted by the miracles they had seen him do among the sick. Now, that's natural. People saw the miracles. They, hey, it's like, we want to see more. So huge crowd followed Jesus wherever he was going. And then he paused and he taught them. And he taught them about the fact he described himself as the bread of life. And, and, and kind of a, an interesting thing he said. He said, you need to eat me, the bread of life. What he was really saying is my mission needs to become a part of you. 
Hey, I'm glad to have you all following me, but my mission needs to become a part of you. And here's what it says in verse 66 of that chapter. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. A lot of people who were Jesus' disciples stopped following him because he said, I want you to really let my purposes become a part of your life. They loved the buzz, the excitement. They loved the spectacular. They were being witnesses to the greatest show on earth, and they loved that part of it. But when Jesus said, I want you to come off the sidelines and onto the field, and I want you to become a part of what I'm doing, they left. Verse 67, then Jesus gave the 12 their chance. Do you also want to leave? Fair question. Jesus said to the 12, where are you at? Now, I told you the other week what I was going to do last week and this week, having spent seven weeks comforting the afflicted, I was going to spend two weeks now afflicting the comfortable, right? I, I, told, you that, I told you that a couple of weeks ago, didn't I? So Jesus stopped and said to his own disciples, okay, guys, so where are you at? Where are you at? Are you all in or are you going to go too? So this is the moment where I say to you, you know, today might be a good day for you to examine yourself and ask yourself, where am I at? Where am I really at? Verse 68, Peter replied, master, to whom would we go? You have the words of real life, eternal life. We've already committed ourselves, confident that you are the Holy One of God. We have already committed ourselves. Peter says, Lord, we are committed to you. My challenge to you is to commit like never before. Don't be half-hearted. Don't be a spectator. Don't be a visitor. But fully to connect with God and with God's purposes for your life and with our mission as a church. Christianity is not just a philosophy that we accept or a teaching that we embrace. It's a personal response to relationship with Jesus. And when we're connected with Jesus in a life-giving relationship, We'll be about what he was about. And here's what Jesus was about. Five words, Matthew 16, 18. I will build my church. I will build my church. The church is God's expression of love to this world. The church is the hope of this world. The church is the way that the message of salvation is shared with this world. Jesus said, I will build my church. I want to ask you, are you going to be one who comes to church or are you going to be one who helps to build the church? Now, if your decision is, I, hey, hey, Roger, look, leave me alone. I'm just here. And I'm, if you say, I'm just coming, that's great. I didn't, I didn't say, you know, that's great. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'm happy you're here. I'll be happy to see you here. But there is an invitation to something further and that is to become part of the mission of the church. In Ephesians 3 and verse 10, it says this, God's purpose in all of this, talking about the plan of salvation, was to use the church to display His wisdom in its rich variety. 
commit like never before. You know, you know what that means? That, that means at a, at a basic level, it means, it means being here. Taking it from there, it means seeing where you can become a part of our church's life. That's taking a bit further. Commitment means I want to grow as a believer. Commitment for some of you, maybe I need to get baptized later this month. It's like, you know, it's time. It's time that I kind of really nail my colors to the mast and say, here's where I'm at. Here's where, I, here's where I'm going. I truly, fully belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. Become a part of what's happening. I was, uh, I was talking to a lady a couple of weeks ago. She, it was her first time with us. And uh, I, I'd actually spoken to her before service, and I got a chance to talk to her after service. And here's what she said to me. She said, I visited a number of churches. I haven't been in one with so many people. It's amazing. Now, a lot of us have been in churches that are far bigger than this church. But to her... This is the biggest she'd seen. And guess what? The fact that you were here, the, I can't remember what week it was. Let's pretend it was all here. The fact that you were here actually made an impression upon that person coming in. And she was back again last week. So here or not here, does it really matter? Yes, it matters. And it matters to our mission. I remember at one point um, that when we started, um, for 15 years, we didn't have our own building. So we rented different spaces on Sunday mornings, and we were in 12 different locations in the course of 15 years. Because when you're renting, you get to the point where they want to get rid of you for whatever reason, or things change, right? And, and, and for, for three and a half years, we rented a catering hall on 112. It used to be Spectrum's nightclub years ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> Too many of you know that. All right, okay. So, so it used to be Spectrums. It was actually a catering hall called the Crystal Swan. And, and some of you were there with us through those years. I used to love it because uh, there was a bar right at the back, and, and, you know, and it was like, you know, hey, go sign up for baptism at the bar. It was like, <laughs> I, you know, some of you know the way I'm wired. I just like, I just like to be able to, you know, how many churches can say sign up at the bar, folks? It's, it was great. But we came to the point in the Crystal Swan where it wasn't that big of a place, and we were jam-packed, and so we had to go to two services. And we, we had two services for a while, but the thing was, the first service was a really big one, and the second service we had about 40 people in. And after a while, I came to realize if a visitor comes to second service, all they know about our church is there's 40 people there, right? They didn't see the first service that was full. They don't know how many we are all together. It's just like 40 people in this big room looking a bit lost. And so we moved out of there, the Crystal Swan, into a, another location where we could put everybody together. But, but here's the thing. Your presence here supports the mission. That's at base level. That's the starting point. And I want to encourage you in that. I want to say something to those of you that are watching online who could be here or once were here. I'm going to say this and then I'm going to let it go, I promise, all right? Because here's the thing. 
If you're not here by now, you're not coming. I didn't tell you you can't. I said be realistic. Be realistic. If you've been three years watching on your phone or your TV and you say to yourself, I've got to get back, it's probably not going to happen now. And today might be a good day for you to say, to own it. Say, okay, this is what I'm going to be doing. I guess I'm not going to be back. But make a commitment one way or another. You are still part of us. We still care about you. I'm still here for you. Even though I never see your face and you're watching us on, a, on, on whatever you're watching us on, you're still part of us. I'm talking about those who could be here. I know we've got an online congregation spread around the country, and some of you join us from other countries. And uh, I'll give you a pass on not being here. Hey, the Long Island's a great place for vacation in the summer if you want to come visit. It really, really is. But, but, here's, but here's the thing. Commitment starts with being here. And then it starts with finding where we fit in. I talked to a guy a few years ago, and he said to me, uh, he'd been with us for a few months, and he said, I, I mean, I knew the guy from the past. He said, I... I I just love being here. I love being part of Genesis. And I said, what part are you exactly? Fourth row back on the left, second seat in, right? Is that the part you are? Or I knew the guy, all right? If you're visiting, I'm a nice guy, okay? I just want to say that, right? <laughs> but because I knew this guy, I said, so what are you? Is that, is, is that what part you are? Or you, are you ever going to do something useful? I said I knew him, all right, and I knew him pretty well, all right? I don't talk to everybody that way. But it actually got him very much involved in ministry. <laughs> so if you're sitting in the fourth row, no. We, we, had a, we had a dinner here on Friday night for... We'd invited everyone who volunteers in different areas of ministry, and we wanted to just do a thank you dinner and have an event to say thanks for volunteering. Do you, do you know what? We invited just about 200 people to that dinner. That's how many people are involved in some way or another in making what we do in-house and out from here happen. That is phenomenal. That is a level of involvement. Yeah, it really is. That is a level of involvement that most churches would give anything for. But some of you haven't found a place to be involved yet. And I want to encourage you to do that. I want to encourage you to think about where you can fit in. Now, when you, when you came to your seat today, there was a, a little plastic bag, right? I want you to treat these with a great deal of respect because Charlotte and I put everything in these the other day and it took us about two hours, all right? So treat them with a lot of respect. But in here, the big card is a card that says, I want to be involved. And I want to encourage you today, for some of you, your next step of commitment is to say, I want to be a part of making this happen now. And you know us well enough. And you believe in what we're about. 
And I want to invite you to take that card and at some point, maybe at the end of service, maybe while I'm talking now, we'll give you something to do. Um, you know, you know just, just to complete that, and you can drop that at the front desk anytime you'd like to, and it lists some areas of involvement and service which you could commit yourself to. Here's the thing. We look to do everything we do well. And the reason we are able to is because we've got so many people who are committed and dedicated. Now, as we continue to grow, particularly as we get back into the position where at some point down the line we will start having two services again, we're going to need so many people, so many more people to be involved. But actually, we need you to start to get used to what you're going to be doing right now. Commit like never before. Don't be a spectator. Don't be a passenger. But take the step. And if you're sitting there thinking, well, I, there's not really much I can do, give it a try. Give it a try. Check it out and see. So one other thing I'll say is this. You can come and go hardly knowing anybody for months or even years. But if you will get involved in an area of serving, you're immediately going to get connected to a whole bunch of other people and you're going to know that you belong. The best way to get to belong here at Genesis is to get involved in some area of ministry. Commit like never before. The second thing I want to just mention is this. I want to encourage you to give like never before. Now hold your horses, all right? Don't, some of you, don't, don't start getting defensive. Listen to what I'm saying here. All right? L let me just lay out to you. There, there, there are two things that are the foundation for our giving as Christians. One is in our giving, we honor God. It, I guess it was more conspicuous in the days when we used to pass offering buckets, and we did it as part of our worship service, so it might have been more conspicuous. Nowadays, we've got offering boxes at the back of the, the auditorium, and uh, as Charlotte said, the vast majority of our folks give online through our, our website, genesisli.com. But the fact is, giving is a part of worship. Here's what it says, Proverbs 3, verse 9. It says, honor the Lord by giving Him the first part of all your income. So we're honoring God when we give. So what we're doing is saying, you know what, whatever I've got, I'm grateful to God for, because without God's help, who knows where I'd be. Without God's help, I wouldn't have a thing. But because of God's goodness and because of God's blessing, and I recognize I may have worked for this, but it's God that's given me the ability to work. It's God who provided me the opportunity to work. And I value God. I love God. And so we give God a part of our income. So that's a biblical basis for giving as part of our worship. The second thing about giving is this. The biblical pattern for giving is we bring our gifts to the place where we're getting fed. We're investing in God's work. We're investing in the mission as we give. 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 2. On the first day of every week, each of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income. So, so the New Testament pattern for giving is one, it's regular. 
First day of every week. And, and the second is it's planned. Have you ever sat in one of those services where the preacher's priming people for the offering and you know full well what's happening, right? I mean, you know where this is leading. I mean, he just got up and got the microphone and he started talking. You think, oh yeah, the offering's coming, right? And, and it goes and it goes and it goes and it goes. Listen, listen we, we should never put ourselves in a position where we're giving because we were coerced into it or we're giving because we were guilted into it or we're giving because it's an emotional thing. Our giving to God and to God's work needs to be absolutely rational. We determine what we're going to give and we give on a regular basis. Now, when I say give like never before, let, 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 me just, let, 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 let me just explain myself. It might be that you're here today and you've never been accustomed particularly to giving being a significant part of what you do. Some of us have got church backgrounds where you just checked your pocket or your purse and put a bill in the plate as it went by and that was it. And, and, and good, God, God bless you. But maybe you've never been used to saying, because I'm committed to God and because I'm committed to this vision, I am going to invest in that on a regular basis. So it's not just a case of the spare change I've got. It's part of my plan now because I want to be a part of making what God is doing happen. And, and the Bible pattern simply is this, you invest where you're blessed. That's good, right? That sounds like a Pentecostal preacher from about 50 years ago. But, but you invest where you're blessed. It's like, this is where I'm blessed. This is where I'm fed. This is where I'm taken care of. And you know what? I want to invest into this. I want to be a part of this. I want to sow into this. And, and some of you may never have been used to that kind of giving. I was, um, I'm part of a Facebook group called, Long, what's it called? Long Island Food and Drink. Okay. All right. Anybody else like food? No? All right. So, so I joined the group because you find out, I found out about restaurants I never knew about and all kinds of ideas. And uh, hey, I'm in. Right? And, and there was a guy who posted there a few weeks ago, and he said, hey, I just want to give a shout out to this particular restaurant. He said, my boy and I were out someplace, and I said to him on the way home, hey, let's go to a restaurant, have a restaurant meal. So he said, we went there, and then he describes the meal that they had, and then he said, it was fantastic. It just cost us a hundred bucks. And I thought, you know, it's because I'm the diner king, right? I just, I just love diners, right? I, I eat at diners. I'm a simple guy, right? right? So, so a guy says it's him and his boy, and they stopped somewhere and had a meal. It was only 100 bucks. I think, whoa, nice. And you know, I thought, I thought you know, there's a guy who'll toss 100 bucks there for a meal without really thinking about it and thinking it was good. And you know, sometimes believers don't invest much at all into where their soul is getting fed and their families are getting taken care of. And if giving has never been a part of what you've been committed to, or if it's slipped, I want to invite you today to give like never before. And it might be that you haven't really been giving consistently or, 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 or seriously because, you, you know what, you're sounding us out and you're checking us out, and that's fine. But when you come to the place where you say, this is the group of people I want to 
be a part of, and this is the vision I want to embrace, then at that point, I want to encourage you, give like never before. But, but let, me, let me just read this scripture to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7 says this, I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over and make up your own mind what you give. That will protect you against sob stories and arm twisting. God loves it when the giver delights in the giving. Just let it be a rational thing that you think about. Now, now in this, in this um, pouch, there's also a little card so that we flash the giving details up on the screen every week. Um, but for some of you, it might be, you know, you, where is it? How is it? How do I do it? So there's a little card there that does give you the details about how you can give. Now, let me tell you a little secret here. The idea with these cards was that they would be magnets. So you could put it on your fridge at home so you've got the information for when you need it. But there was a supply chain issue. <laughs> they will arrive on Tuesday. Okay, so next Sunday when you come in and there's a, actually a fridge magnet like this on your seat, don't please say to yourself, oh, please, for any sake, leave us alone. All right, that's, you know, that's, that's what we wanted you to have today, but it didn't arrive yet, okay? So, so as we go forward, commit, give. And then here's, here, here's the last thing. Invite like never before. I, I, I met, as I said, I met several folks today who are here for the first time, and, 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 and each of them are here because somebody invited them. Somebody asked them to be here. Most of us are here because somebody invited us. A lot of you know my history. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a believer today because when I was a kid, a friend of mine invited me to go to a church youth group. Somebody asked me to go there. But if we're not careful, we get settled into a routine where we go to church, this is church, this is it. Invite like never before. We live in a desperate world that needs Jesus but doesn't know it needs Jesus. But we know that Jesus is the answer. So inside that pouch, the last couple of things are actually invitation cards. They're not for you because you're here right? But we've got two invitation cards. Now, I'm going to warn you about this, all right? So, so next week, you'll have another two of these on your seat. And the week after, there'll be another two of these on your seat. And the week after, there'll be another two. And if you get to the point where you've got 20 of these in your pocket, stop it. <laughs> but you know, we just want to remind you on a regular basis, hey, be thinking about it. Have something in your hand you could give to somebody that gives them our information, that gives them the website, gives us our, them our address, tells them the time of the service, and invite. Right through the New Testament, you find people invited uh, others to come to Jesus. They found Christ, they talked to others, and they came. We live in a world that so desperately needs Jesus. Dear Lord, it's a mess. To quote Sergeant Phil Esterhouse, let's be careful out there. Somebody got no idea what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> Hill Street Blues, folks. 
But you know what? We don't need to isolate ourselves from a dying world. We need to insert ourselves into a dying world to make a difference. Here's what I'm going to tell you. If you will invite them, we will do our best and God will do the rest. Okay? I guarantee that if you invite people to, on a Sunday, there will be no Sundays where you have to say to them, it's not normally like this. Well, except for this morning, all right? So, no, no but, but there'll be no, you, you know, I've been, I've been there. I've, I've, I've taken people to church or invited people to church before and they come. And, and, and like the service went just bizarre. Now, we don't do bizarre services here. <laughs> but, but, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, dear Lord, please not, you know? There, there, you know, there's little old Aunt Lucy going berserk because she loves Jesus, waving her arms like a windmill and going fanatical and shrieking out. And it's like you say to your friend, it's not normally like this, honestly. <laughs> right? Right? If you'll invite people, I guarantee you won't have to say to them, it's not normally like this after today. Invite, invite, invite. It used to be that the Sunday morning service was kind of like your main entry point into the church. It's not anymore. You know where our main entry point is now? It's online. Because anybody who's told or invited to our church, generally nowadays, will check it out online. And I've met any amount of people in, in the last year or two who said to me, I've been watching you online for a while. I've been checking out online for a while. And our online presence becomes the entry. But you know, people aren't going to know we're online unless you tell them. Invite them. Tell them where they can find the service. Tell them where they can check it out. Invite them to come. So here's, here's, here's the bottom line. Let's pull it in here. This may be late in the last quarter, the fourth quarter of my ministry. Who knows? God only knows that. Because the last quarter, a quarter can last a long time, you know, with stoppages. And then it goes to overtime sometimes. So who knows? But here's the thing. I want every week to count. I want every day to count. And what I want us to do is let's be who God intended us to be from day one. We are a house of hope and healing for those who are hurting. That's who we are. And in order, in order to reach our full potential, and for this year to be all God wants it to be, I invite and encourage you all, commit like never before, give like never before, invite like never before. And let's see what God will do next. Amen. Let's stand and pray together. And as we, just as we pray together, let's come back to this question that Jesus posed to his disciples when a lot of his followers left them. And Jesus said, so where are you at? Where are you at?
And what's your answer to God? Are you all in? Are you committed? Father, thank you for the privilege and huge responsibility of being your hands and your feet, reaching out to a world that needs you. God, I pray you'd help us as a church together. Help us never to settle. Help us never to be content with being us. Help us, God, I pray, that our hearts will beat and our hearts will break with the things that break the heart of Christ. Lord, may we always see people that are scattered in need of a Savior. And God, help us to do all that we can do to see them come to faith in you. Sheep returning to the fold. In Jesus' name, amen.